standing for truth and standing for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Good morning, Christian America. Friends, we have to stand for what is right. We have to stand for what is objectively true. And we have to stand with our brothers and our sisters in Christ. We have to stand together as one, as one community, as one body, as one church, with many parts, as Paul says, but one. We have to be united in Christ around the truth of the gospel, around the truth of Jesus Christ. And we have to support one another in our faith and in our community Let's get into the word today. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort where we seek to revitalize the Christian faith across our nation. It's so important that our faith as a community is revitalized. Our faith in our community is risen from this sleep that it has been in for far too long. Friends, we stand together under God as one unit, as one church, as one people, as children of God. This country was built on that idea, the idea of freedom, the idea of free will, freedom of choice with inalienable rights granted by God. It's the idea of this entire country. Our founders knew it. They knew it because it was objectively true. It is objectively true. We are in that same lineage of, of, of our founders, of Americans who keep our eyes fixated on what is good, what is just, constantly evaluating ourselves, constantly evaluating our lives, trying to make both of them things better. And the only way to get anything better, objectively better, to, is, is to move it in the direction of God. That is difficult. That's difficult enough to do it alone, or it's difficult enough to do it in a community. It's even more difficult to do it alone. But God has two greatest commandments. We talked to you a few weeks ago. He says to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's what we need to do first and foremost. We need to have an understanding that loving God entails a whole bunch of stuff. It entails a whole bunch of discipline to adhere to the commandments of God. They are encapsulated under the idea of loving him with all our, all our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. That everything we have is dedicated to him. That the money that we make is only gifted to us, is only blessed to us because of him. And that we should use it in support of his works. Not to, to, to accumulate stuff and to be seen as someone of influence and power. And then to yield that influence and power only for ourselves. That's a... That's an existence that's not worth living, friends. If by some blessing you have money, if by some blessing you have position, if by some blessing you have influence, some, some monicum of power in whatever space that you are, 
You're supposed to use that for God. You're supposed to use that for His will. You're supposed to use that for His works. He works through your hands. He works through our hands, through our mouths. The words we speak as Christians should reflect His teaching. It pains me, it hurts to see so many Christians on social media or, or uh, so-called Christians, should we say, on social media and on uh, radio and the various social media platforms that say the, the most awful things to other people. And they justify it because they consider themselves saved. Jesus said that it's not what goes in your mouth what def- is what defiles you. It's what com- comes out of your mouth because what comes out of your mouth comes from the heart. And when you have a defiled heart, you're going to say things that defile you. And that's how we know. That's how God knows. He's, don't, don't look at me. I didn't say it. Jesus says it. Friends, but the second greatest commandment that Jesus talks about is loving your neighbor as yourself. That's you and I. That's other people. Even if they don't believe, we have to love them. We don't have to agree with them. We have to meet them where they are and bring them over to where we're at. And that's a that's a difficult balance that we need to take on far too many times. You have Christians, so-called Christians, that don't want to reach out to others. And I wonder where they find that in Jesus' teaching, where they justify that to themselves. Because it's not found in the teachings of Jesus. It's not found in the Bible. It's not found in Scripture. Other times, we see so-called Christians who go out to meet unbelievers where they're at and they stay there they compromise with the enemy they compromise with satan and his lies they compromise with his confusion they compromise with his division they they think or they claim that they are loving but essentially they took their beliefs They went out to evangelize and the enemy evangelized them. And so they stay in that other space. Friends, when we evangelize, we have to love, we have to meet people where they are. Like Paul says, to the Jews, I was Jew, to the Gentiles, I was Gentile. To to those who who were poor, I came as one who was poor. To those under the law, I came as one who was under the law but so that I may bring them to the light. Not so that I can stay with them in the darkness. We have to love one another so much that we can meet them where they are and love them even so much more that we pull them to to the light. We pull them to righteousness. We pull them to hope. We pull them to the light of Christ. That should be our goal as Christians, as Americans in this country, to stop dividing ourselves among things that do not matter nearly as much. Stop 
drawing lines around your political ideologies. Stop drawing lines around your political ideologies because I'm going to be the first one to tell you that the ideologies themselves are flawed. I don't care what side you're on. It's flawed. You know it's flawed because none of those ideologies is in true harmony with this. None of those ideologies are in true harmony with the word and the actions and the example and the teachings and the commandments of God. This is the, ideo is the ideology that I want to be a part of. This is the ideology that I want to live and die in favor of. This is what I want to be able to tell my maker that I stood in support of. And if it costs me my life, then it costs me my life. We can't, we can't be divided around things that are sinful in nature. We can't be divided amongst the flesh. We can't be divided because we want to win this campaign or we want to win this debate or we want to win this argument. Who cares? Who cares to gain the whole world, as scripture says, and to lose your soul? Friends, we have a force that is working against us in this world. It says in scripture that Satan is the ruler of this world. We are called in scripture, as Paul says, to be not of this world. Jesus himself says, don't worry about things that can kill the flesh. He says to worry about the things that have killed the spirit. When confronted by Pilate, he's and asked, Is, are you a king? He says, my kingdom is not of this world. But, but he tells us that thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have a responsibility as Christians, as believers, as followers of Christ to adhere to his word, to put that word uh, on a higher pedestal, on a higher priority than all the other earthly nonsense. If we can do that as a community, we can reach out to the unbelievers. When we get ourselves right with God, when we get our, our ideology which should be our faith ahead of any other ideologies. When we get right, when we get in alignment with God and what he has in store for us, when we get on that path, when we have that awakening that this is what matters more than anything, then we can, we can grow that. We can expand that. We can expand it to our spouses if they're already not involved with us. And I would tell you that if your spouse is not involved with your spiritual growth, it's going to be all the more difficult. So they need to be involved with your spiritual growth. You need to grow together, but it expands to your spouses. It expands to your children, whether your children are an adult today or they're small children. Doesn't matter. They're still 
your children. You still have priestly power over your children. They still need to honor their father and their mother. So wherever they're at, you still have power over them. You can expand it to your neighbors, even if your neighbors aren't Christian, even if your neighbors are atheists or hostile to Christianity, you can still show love to them. You can still be an example to them of, man, you know, these people sure seem happy. They sure seem like they got everything together. Even though I know they don't have everything together, they, they, they don't seem bothered by it. They don't seem bothered by the things that go wrong in their life. They have a joy to them. They have an aura to them. There's something about them. I wonder what it is, why they are so friendly. How are they so content with themselves? Why are they always upbeat and smiling and saying hello to us and to the neighbors? Man, they're, they're good people. That's how you evangelize without ever even having to bring in the word of God. You can act out the word of God. You can expand it to your neighbors. You use that same method to your coworkers. You use that same method to your fellow classmates if you're in school. You use that same method to the people in your social circles. This isn't something that I'm just coming up with. This is what Paul did throughout the book of Acts. This is what Peter does throughout the book of Acts. Read scripture, meet with people where they are, bring them over to the light treat them well love your neighbor as you love yourself eat with them talk with them communicate with them don't argue with them don't fight with them because this president said that and this president wants this and this politician said this and that person over there wanted that can you believe and then you start calling all these names friends that's not christianity Christianity is an ultimate love for God because he loved us ultimately. So much so that he gave his only begotten son to be sacrificed as a ransom so that we might live, so that we might have eternal life. If you support what we're trying to do here, if you support the revitalization of the Christian American community across this nation, if you support men and women of the laity standing up because maybe our leaders have failed us maybe our church leaders have failed us maybe yours have failed you it's time for us to stand up it's time for us to demand of our leaders that they prioritize christ in their decisions and in their lives and our communities if we can do that, we can bring dignity back to our communities. We can bring dignity back to conversations amongst ourselves. If you support this effort, we don't ask for your donation. We just ask for your participation to share this on your social media platform, to, show, to share this on your social media profile, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're watching it, wherever you're listening to it. That is all we ask for. We hope that you get value from this. We hope that you take something from these messages, from this content, something that you can go out and share with the world, 
something that improves your life internally, spiritually, all the material stuff, it'll all come from a internal righteousness with God. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, until Monday, when we continue down our journey through the gospel of Mark, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.